Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, it's so good to be here with you. It's been a little while. I'm Pastor Bubba. Uh, uh, you know, Ryan said that he's uh, two feet shorter than JJ. I'm actually three feet shorter than JJ. Uh, no, I'm teasing. But uh, I, I'm the founding pastor of uh, the three campuses, and it's just so Tracy, my wife, just turn around, wave and wave at everybody. And uh, we're here. We're Excited to be here with you today, and uh, you know, this morning I just want to kind of pick up where Pastor JJ's been. If you if you're looking for notes, you can go to an OSC uh, website and look for notes, and you can download the notes there at the website, and you can follow along with what we're saying. And the thing that's been really good is that uh, the four of us, Pastor Josh, JJ, Jamie, and myself, we've been actually getting together. Uh, for the last few weeks and just writing this message and thinking it through and talking about things. So it's been a good series. How many of you have enjoyed this series on the Holy Spirit? And um, I know every, all the campuses have really enjoyed this. And, and so what I want to do is I know we've, we've talked about a lot of different things, but I, really where we started, uh, kind of our theme for this is we're in John chapter 16 and verse 7. And it just said that, uh, but in fact, it's Jesus, but in fact, it's best for you, for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to use the gifts of the Spirit. Last week, uh, Pastor JJ talked to that, about that, but we're going to talk about the declarative gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to explain that, but... During this series, we've we've talked about we talked about the nine gifts, and I'm gonna uh, we put them in three categories: the discerning gifts, which was talked about last week, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, declarative gifts are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then the dynamic gifts we're gonna talk about next week. Pastor JJ will be back, and he'll talk about faith gifts of healing and works of miracles. So last week we turned about, I I was in Eunice and talked about discerning gifts. And today I'm here to talk about the declarative gifts. And so um, what I want to do is I want you to, we're going to go through the travel channel. You need to put on your seatbelt and uh, we're going to travel through some scriptures and I'm going to explain some things and kind of talk about myths that people have, have kind of taken on because my desire more than anything is to bring understanding. Is that all right? Because there's a lot of people that have different kind of understanding of what we've been talking about. So we've been trying to be very thorough and kind of just step by step. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, and he means sisters too, no, no offense. He's saying people, okay? I don't want you to be uninformed. And so many believers are uninformed. I didn't say they were stupid. I'm just saying they're uninformed, okay? And the word... Uh, spiritual means empowered by the breath of God. And it's the same root word where you would get uh, what we would call, it's a pneumatic, which means air powered with, uh, with a pneumatic tool driven by air. You ever go to a, a tire shop and they put that air hose on the end of that tool and you, they go, row, row. I always like that row, row, row sound of, uh, you know, pneumatic tools, you know, just like power in the tool. And so they can take those bolts off. And sometimes God has to use gifts, the pneumatic tool on us. Come on. How many know we, sometimes we're squeezed a little too tight or sometimes we've been a little bit loose and we need some tightening up. 
And, and so what happens is it's the gifts that are, that are empowered only by the breath of God. I love that, the breath of God. Think about it. Adam had no life, and God breathed upon him. You know, the, the valley of the dry bones where God breathed on these bones, and bones and marrow came, and those that came to life is the breath of God. You know, and so the declarative gifts, the first one is prophecy. It's a message of encouragement from God through a person. Prophecy is one, of, one who exhorts, comforts, and encourages. And so it's required a stepping out of both the, the speaker, the person who's going to present it, and the hearer. Okay? Uh, the person speaking it and the person hearing it has to walk in faith. Come on. And, and it's, a, it's a foretelling, not fortune telling, but a foretelling. It's speaking of something that has been moved uh, that something that is has to be moved uh, uh, towards, and so many people claim to have the gift of prophecy, and will judge others and tag. This is what they tag: "Thus saith the Lord." Listen, I would strongly warn you: uh, how, when, if you feel that you have a word from God, that you don't tag "Thus saith the Lord." I just say, "Give the word," you know what I mean, and let it be what it is. In uh, you better make sure it's the, it's the Lord saying it, though, too. Okay? Because I've had people do things and say things. I, I know a guy gave a, a guy to one of my friends. He gave him a word. He said, bananas. And he goes, bananas? Long story short, uh, he's a missionary. You know him, Matt Murray. He ended up for a couple years in a guy that's very reliable, gave him the word bananas. And he ended up, long story short, he went and met this gentleman that someone had told him about. I'd like to meet him. And long story short, the guy gave him a check for $50,000, and he was the owner of Jaquita Bananas. Okay? I, 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 don't have a wor- I don't have a fruit word for you this morning. But if it's a word, just believe. Trust God. For you can all prophesy one by one. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 31. So that all may learn and that all may be encouraged. Encourage, you've heard, if you've been around me, encourage literally means it's, it's God pouring his courage into us. It's encouragement. And so a, a few ground rules of prophecy. Let me just share some things that I've seen serving the Lord for 40 years, Okay. And so first thing, it comes like an impression from God. You feel a sense. It's like a strong sense of God speaking to you. And never, like I shared earlier, never claim the authority of God. If you have to do something, go tell someone. If you have a word, you feel like it, go to someone who's in authority or go to someone, you know, that can help you and go, hey, man, I'm just sensing this. What do you think? You know, it's best used tied to scripture. If you have a word, there's been times God's given me, how many of you have ever just prayed and it's like God gave you a word through what you were reading? Okay, three of you reading your Bible. The rest of you just, we're praying for you. Okay. It, it's best used through scripture. You should, you should use it for the purpose given, to encourage, uh, to build up, and to comfort you see, prophecy has a timing to it. It usually doesn't happen in your timing. You see, 
tongues. The second thing is it's a message from God and a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. In other words, this is a manifestation of tongues, not a prayer language. It's a manifestation of tongues, the difference. And I'm going to talk about there is a difference. Tongues is similar to prophecy because it's a word from God to his people. It doesn't draw attention to me. It gives glory to God. Hello. I've been to places and churches where it's the same person, has the same word, and it's the same thing, and it's just, it's just, or it's a moment in the service that that has to be done. And, and, and let me just say that I'm not against those things, but if it's the same person all the time in the same way, I kind of question those things. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not being critical or, or cynical here. I'm just telling you, I've been around. I've seen, you know, I've been where, where there was one church, at, it was Sister Teacup. She would just, whoa, 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 and what? I mean, the steam went off. And you're going, it was the same. It was like God was mad at everybody all the time. So if God's brewing something in you, let it be God. See, see let, let me show you how this gift works in service. This is what it said. It's better to go to the word of God, I think. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13 through 19, it says that, so anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. This one says, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm, I'm praying. Well, well, then, what shall I do? I mean, that's a good question. See, Paul's dealing what people don't realize. Paul's dealing with a church that has giftings and abilities, but he's bringing correction to them because they've used it for themselves rather than for the body of Christ. Sound familiar? God wants us to, and and so he's saying this. On the way here, I prayed in my prayer language. You know, but he's, this is different. What, then I, what, I, what I should do, I'll pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? Just a question. How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? If you, uh, you will be giving thanks very well, but it won't understand, but it won't strengthen the people who hear it. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words of an unknown language. And see, the Bible makes it very clear that if, if an unbeliever comes into one of our services and, and we're pray, we're speaking in tongues that will benefit from it and may they and from it and may be confused if there isn't an interpretation you know now if you're you're in a meeting and you're speaking in tongues and there's a need to, of interpretation otherwise there may be confusion and intention given to the person speaking then the word that god wants to speak am i making sense here I know one of my one of Tracy and I's Bible teachers. 
uh, his name was Ed Brewer, and I remember him in a class one time, he was talking to us, and he had gone to a church, and this lady came, and she was speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden, what happened is, is that during the, during the service, thank you, sorry, during the service, she, she like before the, the preacher came, she gave, a, gave tongues, and a guy came and interpreted it, and he said it was easy to interpret it because, and he asked the lady, he goes, after the service, do you know French? And this is in Texas. They don't have Cajun French people there. Oh, they do, but you know what I'm saying, not in the norm. And, and she goes, no, I don't know how to. He goes, ma'am, that was fluent French. And he was just like, wow. That just blew, you know what I mean? That's just like, wow. And see, the interpretation of tongues, the third thing, understanding and expressing the thought of it or intent of the message in tongues. It's the interpretation, not the translation of tongues. See, interpretation is expressing the thought or the intent of the message of the message in tongues. Translation is a word for word of the message. Corinthians says it like this, 14. He says, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. You see, what we're talking about, let me just say, a lot of things we've been talking about the last two weeks are supernatural gifts. There, how many of you know there are natural? People have, some people have natural gifts, and other people have supernatural gifts. It's not your gift. It's God's gift given, used through you. Hello, to bring glory to God, to draw people to God, not yourself. You see, now if we're going to have, have, have to come to grips with the statement right there, because God said, uh, in his word that he wishes that all speak with tongues, no matter your religious background, this is what the word of God says, okay? And it says this, some people may say, uh, may, may, may see prophecy in, is greater than tongues, but that's not true. And at the end of the verse, he says that there, there is interpretation, unless there's a gift of interpretation, the gifts are the same as an accomplishment or the same purpose. God wants all of us to speak in tongues, and prophesy because it builds up the church and it builds up each other. You see, he's really saying, I wish you all would encourage each other. That's what he's saying. That we could just encourage one another. Wouldn't it be great? That you leave, hopefully you leave here today or every week encouraged by God speaking to you, challenging you, convicting you. Because guess what? Without conviction, there can't be any conversation with God most of the time. How many of you know that sometimes when you're praying and, and, and all of a sudden as you're going to pray, there's just things that you go, man, man, I said that thing last week, yesterday. Man, I, are you praying and God just begins to remind you of things? Hello? And you go, God, and he's not going there to, yeah, you remember when you did? You no good bag of dirt. Why do you do that? You'll never change. That's not God. God said, come on. Let's, let's reason with one another. Let's get, let's get this out. And then you may have to go do something that many people don't want to do, and that's called apologize for something you said or some action you did toward your family member, toward people, to people you work with, hello. 
Look, I'm standing up here. My greatest ministry is my family, not the church. Hello. My greatest ministry to minister to are my family, my wife and my children. I can, I can just stand up here and just say this. Look at me. I haven't always done well there. But I do know this. You can ask my wife. I am a professional apologizer. Is that right, babe? I am. Here's something you can all learn to say. I'm sorry. Here's the next part. Will you forgive me? You know what the next part is? Will you pray for me? How I got off into that, I don't know. But I think some of you just need to hear that. See, God wants all of us to speak with tongues and prophesy because it builds up the church. It builds up the body in each other. He's really saying, I wish you'd just get along, encourage one another. Who introduced the idea of spiritual language anyway? Well, who, who said Jesus did? In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he said, these miracles and signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. Three, there's three historical views concerning speaking in tongues. Let me just talk about these. I'm not going to be long. The first one, speaking in tongues, is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. In other words, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe, I believe, look at me. Personally, I believe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should all be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you need power? to be able to do the things you normally can't do on your own. Like one of them is be courteous, be nice to people. Have patience. We talked about some of the fruits of the Spirit a couple of weeks we've, as we've gone along. But I believe this. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's something happening. It says power and fire will come upon you. And one of the byproducts... The fruits of the Spirit are just byproducts of living the life by the Spirit. That's all they are. Fruit's not made for you to eat on yourself. Fruit is for other people to eat from your life and your tree. You see, what's important is, in other words, I, I, I don't... I, 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 I believe this. In other words, if you don't speak in tongues, that's what they're saying. They're saying you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I spoke in tongues, but God gave me power, and I felt the fire come upon me. The second fallacy, speaking in tongues need to be in, in a language that others can understand. It happened on the day of Pentecost, and, and it happens, but it's not the exclusive way if you look through Scripture. The third is speaking in tongues has ceased. Along with all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit that ceased after the first century apostles. I'm glad I didn't buy into that one. Even when I wasn't saved. But there are people, there are denominations, there are people that build, they set their tent pegs around that. And you see, throughout Acts, you'll see many times people prayed in the spiritual language and when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, but there were some cases when they didn't pray in the spiritual language or spoke in tongues. 
And see, well, what, well Pastor, what's the difference? What's the, I believe there's the public versus the private. Corinthians 12 through 14 is showing us that the public speaking in tongues. We need to realize there's a difference between the public and the devotion use of speaking in tongues. In his letter to the Corinthians, he was addressing the public speaking in tongues. Paul goes on the right. I love, I love Romans 8 of a private devotion. I was just thinking about that this morning even more, just kind of camping out on this verse. And it's in the uh, New Living Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Okay, let's have a confession. How many of you got some weaknesses in the house here? What does he say he does? He helps us in our weaknesses. Man, I was thinking that because just things that I've been walking through, thinking about the last few weeks and days and stuff, it's just like I have so many weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I just wake up and I go, I don't even know what to pray for this morning. So you know what I do? I read my Bible first. Then when you read, up, read about messed up people in the Bible, and you go, man, they're messed up. And then all of a sudden, you get a reflection and go, I'm kind of like them. Now I know, God, I'm thankful that I'm not like them, but God, you're doing a work in me. God, do whatever you want to accomplish. Help me to be what you want me to be. See, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. And it says that with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believe, uh, pleads for us, believers in harmony with God's own will. Paul's showing us the private praying of tongues here. But see, it's the Holy Spirit who's praying through you the perfect will of God. Aren't you glad about that? Understand this. Prayer is not getting my will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth. Boy, that's good. Can I just say that again? Because it's not in the notes. Just, just Prayer is not getting my will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I wish you all spoke in tongues. God indicate, Paul indicates that this is a devotional use of tongues in a private moment where the person speaks to God. You know, with all the things that are going on in our country, one of the things I've been really thankful for and reflecting, and listen, I've been listening to some patriotic songs lately because I love my country. I love the history. It doesn't mean that we, we, our country has not been perfect. We've made a lot of mistakes. But, I'm, but can I say, some people that you see that are very ungrateful to live here and criticize our country, I want to put them in a plane and take them places that I've been. And go, it may change your attitude. And maybe you give you an attitude of gratitude. I don't worship monuments. I don't worship those things, but I do respect our, our country. Because guess what? We have freedoms here. 
You know, in China right now, you know what they're doing? They're taking down every religious symbol. They're tearing down churches that they allowed them to exist. They're persecuting, killing Christians. In the Middle East, right now, they're crucifying Armenians. The Syrians are crucifying Armenian Christians on a cross. And Iran, right now, people are having dreams where Jesus comes and appears to them and speaks to them to go to meet so-and-so, and they go meet them, and they direct them into a, where they can have a Bible study. They've never seen the God, Jesus is appearing to people. People are being... People are given prophecies, words. See, what are the benefits of a spiritual language? First of all, the personal, the personal, it's a personal encouragement. First Corinthians 4, 14, 4, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. In other words, he builds himself up. Come on. That's like being with the Holy Spirit. It's like if you're on a team. And, and, you know, it's like sports teams. And right before, it can be girls and guys, and they just, come on. You know, yeah. They play their song. They give their chant. They do whatever they have. And all of a sudden, they begin to build each other up. So by the time they're going out on the field, they're going, oh, they're going out to attack. <laughs> Didn't mean to offend anybody. Jude says it like this. He says, Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Before I came here, I prayed with a language you could understand the words. But I also felt like I'm coming here today, and God, I want to lift you up. And I began to pray in tongues. Just to edify myself, build myself up, because I need God this morning. Because guess what? We all leak. We all leak. We all need to get filled back up. We all need to be encourage one another. We all need to be filled by the Holy Spirit in your personal time. It's great to have a corporate time like this. As we come together as a body, a family, a spiritual family of believers. That you can face what you have to face. Because let me tell you something. Christianity may be encouraged right here. But it's not. This will help you today and maybe Monday morning. But what you do the rest of the week through life groups or encouragement, your devotional times will be the test of how you are built up. Because let me just say this. How do you get built up? How are you encouraged? You know, I think about this. When I look at, when I've traveled, there's, there's a, the Canterbury um, Church in England took 23 generations to build. 1,300 years. You imagine that? I mean, first they had to have a layout. Someone had to have a picture, a layout. This is what it's going to look like. This is what we want to do. And when they would start, they would plant trees because in about year 300, 400, they'd have to cut those trees down and use it for the woodwork. Think about that. 
You imagine your papa coming to you, my baby, come see. This is papa's favorite chisel. I've been knocking off on that stone for two of, for forty years, but I'm passing down my chisel to you because it helped me build what I did and carve what I carved. You imagine your whole lifetime, and you saw just a little bit. You didn't see the full picture. Come on. Look at me. God knows the full picture of what he wants you to be. It's important that we know our history. It's important that we know your legacy, where you've come from and where you're going. It's important to be a good father, to be led by the Spirit. That doesn't mean, look at me, being a good father doesn't mean you always agree with your children, especially after they get over 25. Pastor Bubba, what does it have to do with language and tongues and edification? You need wisdom. I need wisdom that comes from God. Amen? The second and final thing is it gives you an enablement to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know what to say. You see, when I go to Pastor J.J.'s house and he's speaking to his family and his kids, I don't know what he's saying because he's speaking Afrikaans. I just know a few words like by a, don- by a donkey means thank you. By a don- just say by donkey. That's what it means thank you in, South- in Afrikaans. There's just a few things I pick up because his kids were going... Uh, donkey dad, buy a donkey. They're not buying donkeys. They're saying thank you. Remember this, a spirit-filled believer gets to pray in tongues. He doesn't have to. He just gets to. It's your choice. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I don't, I don't have that. I know some of you have been praying for and you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last few weeks. Maybe God's answered some things you had questions about these last few weeks. You know, we've, we've talked about different, different settings and what, you know, declarative gifts. And that's what we're talking about this morning. But, you know, the, the most important thing is we talked about discerning gifts last week. And today with declarative gifts. Next week, we're going to talk about dynamic gifts, faith, gifts of healing, and work, working of miracles. Listen, I'm standing here because I've walked in miracles. I shouldn't be here today. I really shouldn't. Doctors would say, you're not supposed to be here. Two months, two, three months ago, I sat in, well, whatever, two months, whatever it was, a couple months ago, sitting in a chair, and the doctor goes, let me just tell you something. Baba, there's not anybody I know that has gone through what you've gone through in nine and a half years that would be sitting in that chair. And you know what I said? It's God and many people that have prayed for me. You know what that does for me? That builds me up. 
Not in Bubba. It builds my faith. And that's what tongues does. When I don't know what to say, when I don't know what to preach. Aren't you standing? There are many times when I'm just praying, when we're worshiping, I'm just praying in tongues. Underneath my breath. Sometimes just loud enough where you can barely hear me maybe. I don't want to bring attention to myself. What is that all about? I'm like, basically, I'm like, my only interpretation of myself is this. I need help, God, and I'm going to pray. I can't even form the words to tell you what I really need or what I'm really hoping for. Hello? That's what it's all about, guys. I don't have to. I get to. You can build yourself up in God or you don't have to. You can trust what he wants to do or you can trust in yourself. When I want to say things to Tracy sometimes, when I've gotten fashed, I go in my room or go somewhere else and I pray in tongues because I don't want other tongues to come out of me. Hello? And some of you, that might save your marriage. So what are we talking about? Prophecy. It's encouraged to build up. Tongues. It's just important. But you need an interpreter. You need someone that can interpret. Because it's a word from God. And you need some. And it may be like I shared that one story about the lady, you know, speaking French. I believe sometimes it's going to be very evident. If someone speaks in French out loud here, some, let me just say that. Might not be God. No, I'm just, it could be God. But I'm saying, you understand what I'm saying? Just our culture. Now, if it's someone speaking, you know, Sawawi, then it's God. And someone interprets it right, it may be God. See, this morning, how many of you feel like, Pastor, well, I need to learn to start believing God? for these declarative gifts of my life. And you're saying, I, I just need to learn to start building myself up in the spirit. Let's just bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. And I'm going to pray for you. Pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for everyone here. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, what you're speaking. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Bo, I really, first of all, I really need to give my life to Jesus. I know that during this time of COVID that I've just walked in fear. And I need to step out in faith and believe God. That I need to give my life to him. I need to surrender my thoughts and my will to his thoughts and his will. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba? That's me. I want to give my life to Jesus this morning because I know I'm not in the right place. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you're here this morning like that. Okay. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, Pastor Bubba, I need not only to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I need to be walking in this in my own life. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Many people. You put it down. Just look at me. 
right now. Look at me. I want you to do this with your hands as we pray. Look, all you can do is receive. That's all you can do. A gift is all you can put yourself in a posture and a position of receiving. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you that there's a hunger in this house. God, just to walk in your giftings. It's your gifts. It's not ours. It's yours. The gift of tongues. Interpretation. The gift of prophecy. I pray that you would begin to allow this body, this spiritual family, to walk in those gifts in a way that honors you, in a way that God glorifies your kingdom, in a way that convicts people to the point where they say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. God's moving. God's speaking to me. Just receive. Just take a a moment. Let's take a moment. Lord, we receive. Just say it under your breath. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. I receive all you want to give me, all that you want to do in my life. I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, before Ryan comes up and closes out, I just want to tell you something. I had a really... Since COVID, I've had so many people that, honestly, that have just called me and I've led to the Lord. Either because of fear, where they've been living, they're not right with God. Had a guy come over the other day, grew up across the street from us, got in all kinds of trouble as a kid. He was a little knothead, reminded me of me. And he just knocked on the door. He saw my wife outside and goes, Miss Tracy, is, is Pastor Bubba home? She goes, yeah, he is. And... Uh, it was afternoon, and usually you don't. I was turned on Fox News. I was so in, into it, I had fallen asleep. It's serious. And they walked in. He goes, oh, and I heard something. Uh, you know how you try to look like you act like you're awake, but you're really not awake. Anybody know him? Okay, I'm just being honest. With you. And so, man, I mean, I woke up and go. You see, the kid starts talking to me, and I go, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I really did have to go. But while I was in there, I was going, just praying. And I walked out. And he just shared his life. And he said, Basketball, how old were you when you got saved? I go, I was 20 years old. I was 20. He goes, I'm 19. He said, I want to live for God. I've seen you. I said, well, let me give you a little perspective. I remember when I was 20. That was 40 years ago. And this was a compliment he gave me, poor little shabby baby. He goes, Pastor Bubba, I thought you were like 40. No, I'm 60, son. But you're, you have favor in my book. <laughs> I told my wife that, too. He thought I was 40. You know what I mean? And long story short, led him to where he needed to be with the Lord and taught him about the power of the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And fire came. He started speaking in tongues. I didn't coach him. I didn't say anything. And God just came. Look at me. God's God if you let him be. God can do anything if you just let him. Amen? 
And sometimes we go, well, you can't get saved. We always put all these add-ons. Well, you can't do, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. No, listen, I heard, you know, it's like the Bible says in Romans 10, he says, if you confess your sins and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from you, you will be saved. Hello. It's confess and believe. And some people, well, well, you know, you got to get water baptized. Well, well, then the thief on the cross didn't make it. But Jesus said, you're going to be with me. So work that out. It's having a willingness and a desire. And God can do anything. Amen. So good to be with you.